HVAC 360, episode number 72. Meeling Corporation. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of HVAC 360. I'm your host, Matt Nelson. This week, we're going to be talking with Jason Taylor, uh, who is a business development manager over at Meeling Corporation. Um, this is actually one of the few interviews that I did on the floor of the AHR Expo. I guess few is a little misleading. This is the only one I did on the floor of the AHR Expo. I've got a few others that I've lined up for future episodes, but this is the only one that I actually did. So hopefully it turns out okay. Uh, it's been a few, it's, you know, when you, when it's a year between when you do these interviews on the floor of the HR Expo, uh, things tend to get a little bit adjusted. So hopefully the, uh, the sound quality is okay for you. And uh, I guess the, the one thing that really fascinated me, I mean, the, the one reason why I wanted to interview Jason uh, in particular for Meeling Corporation is the fact that Meeling Corporation is focusing and I'll let him try to do most of the talking on this, but just in short, uh, they save energy doing retrofits on kitchen hoods. Now, you're like, kitchen hoods, what's the big deal? Well, kitchen hoods tends to be one of those pieces of equipment that falls through the, the cracks. You see, like uh, if you were to do fire or uh, smoke detectors, smoke duct detectors, it's one of those things that's it's provided by the mechanical or it's provided by the electrical, installed by the mechanical. But in the same vein, this is something that may or may not be you know supplied or specified by the mechanical engineer. It may be somebody who, if they have a separate kitchen designer uh, for the project, they may ha might have them specify this piece of equipment for the uh, for the project. Uh, and and the same kind of holds true. There's this split between uh, you know who's who's providing it. Um, the mechanical contractor may not necessarily be providing the hood. They might have a uh, a kitchen uh, subcon or a, uh, a a kitchen specialist actually providing the hood for the project. And the mechanical contractor is to connect the ductwork up to the hood, or he might be inst actually installing, you know, receiving the hood, installing the hood, and connecting the ductwork up to it. So, I think there's a, a lot of things in in play when you're dealing with these these kitchen hoods. Uh, you know, I mean, a lot of the ductwork is, you know, because it is grease laden, it tends to be, you know, a uh, uh, heavier gauge steel. It's going to be, you know, has have certain fire ratings on it. It's going to be all welded. Uh, you might have drains. Yeah, there's special things that go along with it that the engineer needs to needs to think about. But I guess a lot of things that happen is uh, especially around the sequence of operation, and that's what really the Meelink uh, whole you know benefit is surrounding. It's that uh, sequence of operation, and and why is that? Well. Really, it's one of those pieces of equipment. It's not the maintenance. It's not under the control of the building automation system. It's not under the control of uh, highly uh, or partially skilled mechanical uh, the, mecha the mechanical maintenance staff. It's one of those things that is actually worked by the uh, you know the kitchen staff. And when you put 
the control of such a energy-intensive device in the hands of kitchen staff, uh, they may tend to, I don't know, not take it so seriously as far as energy savings go. They, they might, you know, first thing they, they do in the mornings, they, you know, they unlock at 6.30 and they turn on the hoods. You know, it's just part of their pre-work checklist. They may not start cooking something until 10, but it's recirculating all this air and exhausting all this air, uh, conditioned air. It's just throwing it out uh, all that time. So it's really kind of important uh, in certain situations where you actually you know, take control of that a little bit. And, and that's why the, uh, the MeLink uh, system, the MeLink kind of uh, solution really fascinated me. So I'm not going to go over it uh, uh, too much. I'm going to let Jason do most of the talking. So here's Jason Taylor talking about the MeLink uh, kitchen hood system on the floor of the HR Expo in New York City. All right, we're on the uh, the floor of the HR Expo here in New York City, 2014. We are with uh, MeLink here, and I'm talking with Jason Taylor of MeLink. How are you doing this morning, Jason? Absolutely wonderful. How are you? I'm doing great. Hey, uh, tell the folks uh, about you know, uh, in general, MeLink. What I mean, what's the what's the what what do they do? Malink got its start about 25 years ago in the HVAC industry through te- air testing and balancing. And uh, through that process, we've grown, and, and now we have a couple of products uh, with IntelliHood and Ingrid, um, as well as we do some solar. Um, the IntelliHood is what we're here today on the, uh, presenting at AHR, and the, the premises behind this was... Uh, one of our our owner was on the roof of a, a building, and he found himself cooling off over the exhaust fan. And he thought, "Hey, wow! Look at all this energy losses here, and look at what we're, we're we're losing. If you could harness this and contain it, what you know? Look at this amount of savings you could have." So the journey began. He had to get some changes made to some of the current ASHRAE standards back then to allow this to happen. But through a lot of hard work, he was able to do that. The uh, concept behind the IntelliHood system actually first came out in 1987. Uh, several years uh, later, in the early 90s, we produced our first um, our first product. Um, that product received funding from the depart a grant from the Department of Energy that further boosted it. It was uh, RAM One was the name of it. At the time that they received the funding, they changed it to IntelliHood for a more marketable product. And, um, and and we started kind of gaining traction, and we were able to, to um, create up to about a 70% conditioned air savings and a 90% fan energy savings, providing customers with a, a huge payback. Um, the average ROI on the product is about one to three years. Um, where you find the product is in your commercial cooking uh, uh, kitchens and equipment uh, because uh, currently what happens is those are all, they're not variable speed. They're constant speed. They run 100% of the time, and it's just, you know, it's wasted energy when they're not cooking or when they're cooking at low uh, standards. Uh, some of the larger components of our system that that make it what it is today, even with the evolution of, of, uh, of the energy industry, is the fact that you have the optic sensors that are looking for the smoke 
the temperature sensors that are looking for the temperature, and then the particular proprietary algorithms that are actually in the the brains of the system to know how fast to run the, the equipment. So essentially there's three components. There's the, the, the optical sensor that's in the hood itself looking looking for smoke looking for you know i mean make sure that you're cooking um actually you have uh, about six main components you've got your keypad which is how you interface with it turn it on and off those are basically once this system's turned on the optic sensors are taking readings along with the temperature sensors and they're sending that to your processor so you got your optics your temp sensors your processor your variable frequency drives, and then your air purge unit slash hood controller. The purpose of the air purge unit is, you know, you put uh, optical eye underneath the hood. The first thought is, well, how do you keep the grease off of it? The optic sensor actually provides pressure into the box where the optic sensor is housed that creates a positive pressure so that the fluents and the grease do not infiltrate the uh, optic sensor and, and, and clog the eye. Um, so I, I guess uh, from from a standpoint, do you uh, see a lot of people specifying this on new projects, or is most of, most of what you're doing now in the market is that kind of a retrofit application? Great question. So when we first started this process, we were really looking at new construction, and we did at that time we did a huge amount of business with some of the quicker serve restaurants um, and some of the sit down restaurants like Chili's. Um, and, and a lot of your um, your uh, supermarket chains. But as we kind of started to evolve through the years and we're really looking at this thing from an energy saving standpoint, we've now shifted to about 80% of our business is probably retrofit because of the amount of energy that is, is in the hotels and the you know, governmental buildings. Your commercial buildings are generally have hoods in them. And... It's about the money, the energy is being wasted currently. Um, the standards are coming up to speed, so we do see a lot with new construction, and engineers are they're specifying every day, and we obviously uh, are constantly growing that market, but uh, you know, it is, it's also currently about 80% of our business. To go along with that, um, we also go to market through hood, uh, several hood OEMs, um, about eight years ago, this was the only system because we pioneered it so far back. Um, now, there are other systems coming on board with the hood manufacturers, um, and we still provide our system when spec'd, uh, and a lot of the engineers do that. But depending on what realm you're playing in, whether it be a quick serve type restaurant, there are other systems that they're not really so much about the, the huge amount of energy savings as much as they are about the operational uh, standpoint of, of, of minimal energy savings. So, so basically, what they're they're going off after the on-off kind of control, whether you know, and it's it's kind of a, a binary yes, no, as opposed to including a couple different sensors, and that's really where you see your yourself separating yourself from the rest of the uh, you know from the market that's kind of cropped up around you is the additional sensors that you're putting in the. Uh, well, package. I guess our position is we know that the niche of the market we're, we're playing in is to save energy. So whenever you look at that one horsepower, that 1,000 CFM single hood in a, you know, a small restaurant, there's not a lot of energy savings to be had there anyway. Yeah, you want to make it more energy efficient, 
But where we really play is in the eight to ten horsepower and up market, where there's uh, you know three to five thousand plus CFM, and because we're modulating constantly, we our price point is slightly higher than than that. Um, that market of DCB that's just temp only, but you know it's basically we look at it like two different markets. You got your entry level market on quick serves or the smaller hoods. Once you get to that next level, this is where we we play. Um, we get off, asked a lot. Well, why don't you just take the the optics off of your system and and, and do that? Well, um, you know we've got our a lot of our own opinions on that, but a lot of it is just simply that we know that there's more energy to be had. And we can't be everything to everyone, everyone, and that the optics are required to for the for safety and for a lot of other things uh, to maintain those lower temp spans. Now, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, you're supplying to the OEMs. Um, the installation of these things. I mean, are are you doing? You know, obviously, you're testing. You know, part of your business is test and balance. So you're kind of in the contracting business. Are you actually going out and installing installations, or do you use other contractors to do that, or or is it a combination of the two? Glad you asked. So with that, what we actually do is we have we actually have a combination of that now. For a, a great period of time, we did everything turnkey our own on our own. We did all the programming and the commissioning and startup. Now we have started shifting, but there, the caveat to that is that these contractors that we use are still very closely connected to Malink, and they have to be certified. And there's different tier levels of certification that we allow. The highest level of certification would be a tier one contractor, and that basically means that we can ship those guys smarts and parts, and they have the ability and understand the system well enough to do the final programming and provide us all the documents to certify the system and make sure that it is um, is per a Malink standard in terms of uh, what the, the end customer is receiving. Um, we generally... From a quoting standpoint, we're quoting a turnkey process, and we're divvying up internally, deciding who the uh, contractors we're using so that we keep a, a, a tight pulse on the quality of the product. But um, to answer your question, yes, yeah, it's, it's a combination uh, the way we stand today. Uh, we have reps and distributors, uh, a few in the in the United States, but we also have them in Europe and, and spread out in Asia um, and uh, some in South America. So, how do you, I mean, when you when you go to these manufacturers, how do you, uh, or not manufacturers, but, uh, you know, restaurateurs, people with a kitchens, um, I guess, how do you, you know, justify, what's, what's the sales pitch, how do you know that they're a qualified person? I mean, you said that there, there's, a, there's a limit to, uh, you know, whether or not it's, it's, a, it's a large enough uh, hood, but, I mean, how do, how do you kind of qualify whether or not they would make a, a good prospect? So, basically, the, the process that we take with that, you know, we're, we're kind of steering away from any of the quick serves restaurants. You know, you kind of mark them off. There are some that are viable projects. However, more than likely, you're going to be looking at your, your sit-down restaurant because they're going to have a lot more cooking going on. Um, rebate programs, that's the other thing. This system has a lot of uh, rebate initiatives depending on where you are in the, com- the country, and that helps drive the, the end user on the restaurant. Uh, we know that the, the restaurant owners, you know, if some are involved with energy savings and they really want it and some do it out of necessity because they've got such high energy costs, and, and others, you know, they just they don't want anything to do with it. But, 
you know, our basic approach when we walk in is to gather just enough information to get the horsepower and the, the size of the motors, the length of the hoods, and um, the voltage and maybe their energy rates. We basically take that data and we put it into what we call an estimated savings report. And this is a third-party report that basically creates what your expected savings is to be off of your building size. From that, you know, whatever that customer's threshold really is what drives that. We then present them and say, hey, you're, you're, this is the amount of energy you're going to save with your energy rates. This is basically your return on your investment. How, you know, is this something you want to move forward with? Now, now when you talk about these uh, estimated energy savings, um, this is something that, uh, it, is it uh, it conservative? Um, I mean, or do you kind of verify savings after you do the installation? How, how do you how do you how do you work that? Well, kind of all of the above. So, with our system, we've got over ten thousand systems installed. We know because of those ten thousand systems in previous reports and verifications by people like um, Don Fisher with Fisher Nickel um, with the Food Service Technology Center out in California. We know that we conservatively can claim a 65% minimal run speed, and that is where our savings report comes from. Now, there are plenty of systems that are out there running in the 52% um, average run speed, you know, 54% average run speed. Um, Because of our experience with it, we know that certain industries may actually creep up a little above that 65%. So it, it is a combination of... The, the you know scientific equation along with the fact that we've got so much experience in the industry um, and, and we we take the approach that we're always going to be conservative uh, we never want to um, you know oversell and under deliver to our customer so we, we always say that uh, conservative approach the verification process what happens is because this uh, the system is able to log data, um, we have customers where they say, hey, we want to do four systems to begin with on these four sites. We want to log that data, and then we'll, we'll use that to move forward. We'll go in after the four systems over a period of time. We'll pull that information back off, look at the logging trends, figure out what their actual savings is, and it normally um, exceeds what we had estimated. Um, we're, you know... We're pretty good at the estimation process just because we've got a good understanding of what outside factors affect the system. Um, you know, if, you're, if, you, if you've got, and it also helps us find issues internal to that customer system. If we're seeing really high energy, uh, run times on that and we know that that setup shouldn't do that, we can go back in and look and say, hey, you know, you've got pilot lights that are, are um that need some maintenance or you've got some airflow issues or, you know, whatever. We, we can we can point those out, too, because we know about what it should be running. Now, I mean, we've been talking primarily about restaurants, um, those type of things. How, how is the fit with uh, more of an institutional, when you talk about, uh, say, uh, you know, uh, schools, talk about uh, different uh, higher ed you know, any sort of special cases like that, institutional uh, health care, uh, you know, those type of areas. Yeah, excellent. So, like, as we talked about earlier, the first thought on the, on the system was designed off of a restaurant, you know, a sit-down dining restaurant. Well, through the evolution of the system and, and the 10,000 installations and, and, and our evolution with the industry, we learned that there's 
probably 80% of that business that we do is in the institutional markets, all that you just named, whether it be K-12 schools, whether it be uh, universities, uh, prison systems, um, governmental businesses, uh, corporate buildings. We're in all of those uh, military bases. Anywhere that you really have larger amounts of exhaust with added horsepower, you know, and, and the longer run times. Uh, some people, a lot of times we get calls and I say, well, my run time's not that long. I only run about eight or ten hours a day. It depends really geographically where you are in the country because you can be in the northeast and that's going to be a quick payback of 1.2 years. If you're down south, you know, in, say, Miami, it's still going to be an acceptable payback, but it may be three, three and a half years. Uh, so a lot of that, the markets that we play in, we're really a very broad spectrum today and it's driven by the demands of the ventilation systems on, on the sites. Um, you know, a lot of these schools now are becoming more green and, and, and really looking ahead to the future of what they're teaching the kids. So they make the initiatives as well to make sure they have the greenest, greenest system possible. Now, uh, I mean, as, as far as, um, you know, ROIs, I mean, is, is there a certain range that you like to shoot for on the return on investment? Yeah, so our average ROI is about one to three years um, as an average on the system, and it depends on where it's at, you know. Um, there are there are factors when you're working with some of the larger buildings, uh, whether it be government or corporate, to where those have maybe a little longer, five- or six-year payback, but generally those are what we consider to be what we call a legacy building so it's going to be around 25 30 years and they're not going to have a change so it's it's an acceptable payback um but uh, you know like i say one to three years is the average on, on the payback now as you, you you'd mentioned that all you need is some simple kind of you know variables as far as horsepower uh size of the fan things like that um if i'm an owner if i'm a contractor looking to provide some added value if i'm an engineer or energy auditor looking to try to identify things that are more low-hanging fruit is that a service that you offer if they just you know hey there's a form you can fill out send back to us we'll say yay or nay is that something that you you'd provide absolutely so with that what we pre- we prefer is that uh, there's actually a web inquiry on our our website at uh, www.malinkcorp.com to where you can actually send in an inquiry then one of our uh, business development persons or an engineer will get back in touch with you, provide you with that short-form survey, and, and that so starts the process to where from there we will, we will um, basically kind of walk you through the on-site process of what we need. And then if it's validated and, and, and it is a viable project, at that point we will send either a technician out to actually do a final walkthrough so we can provide the, the, the final drawings and a final quote. But um, that's kind of the process is just kind of reach out to us through that website. We'll, generally, the guys are turning it back around the web inquiry within you know uh, a couple of hours, getting back to the, to, to the uh, consumer or the, the end user. And um, you know we, we generally can have a quote back to you within about a day's time of you providing that information to us. Okay, great. Now, obviously, uh, you know, you find a great situation, you plug it in, energy savings, every, everybody's happy. From, from that point on going forward, what, what are sort of the maintenance items that you find in the, these type of equipment? So, um, 
one of the ways that we built the system is we really had the, the ongoing maintenance in, in mind. And we've every time we make an adjustment to it, we look at where our fail rate was at the last component. Um, today, we actually, for those 10,000 systems, I'll tell you that we've got one guy that sits on a trouble line to answer those incoming calls. There's a 24-hour maintenance um, uh, hotline that you can call if there's ever a project with this problem with the system. With one guy? With one guy. Well, <laughs> there are other people that are on it, but what my point in saying that is he mans that we don't have like we don't have the need for just this massive call center. Okay, but he sleeps. Uh, yeah, we let I, him sleep. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm, some days. Now, some days, you know, it's just a guy. You got to get up and get to work. Okay. Suck it up. <laughs> but um, so the, the 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 standard maintenance items are you're doing your hood cleaning. You want your hood cleaners to be aware that the system is there. Uh, cover the optics with a piece of tape while they're cleaning the, the, the system. They just basically put it over the entry hole. Um, they can spray the hoods down. It can get wet. That's fine. But just we don't want that 3,000 PSI pressure on there. <laughs> we want to be conservative. Um, and then taking and wiping the sensors down with a lint-free rag. Those are basically your two maintenance items. The system's pretty intuitive that Tori's going to tell you if there's a problem with the system. Um, the VFDs are going to report back to the uh, processor, which is going to come up on the keypad and say, hey, you got an issue here. Um, from a safety standpoint, if there's any problem with the system, it defaults to 100% to make sure that, you know, we're, we are, if we can't see or if our optics are blocked or whatever, it goes to 100% to, for the safest measure possible. Um, there's not a lot of maintenance with the system designed that way. And, and because it's in a kitchen, we know what, what kitchens are like. Um, they're, they're busy. They don't have a lot of time to perform maintenance in them. If you look at the, the actual makeup on the website of the equipment, it's all high-quality um, stainless steel. It's all UL listed with a kitchen in mind. And uh, we really don't have a lot of maintenance options. I would say that um, generally, you know, once... Once uh, every year, you want to kind of set up for a PM and and then do a, uh, a cleaning of the uh, temp sensors. Okay, so the temp's not even the not you wipe down the optical sensor at all, or uh, it, maybe once every three to six months. But they don't get dirty because you have that positive pressure back in them. That's up. correct. So what generally happens if they're getting dirty, it means that there's a failure in a fan on top of the hood. The system has a, a three-year uh, parts warranty on it, so. Uh, that's you know if, if you contact us, um, you know we're basically supplying those those components, um, and in, in addition to that, with the uh, from the maintenance perspective, if there's ever any any um, manufacturer if it's manufacturer defect or if it's a installation defect, you know we're we're covering that obviously as well. So the the obviously you know we have the detection, we're varying the speed. Uh, variable speed drives. What what brand are you using? What I mean, is it something that you've developed? Is it uh, you know? M- Malink personally uses um, ABB and Allen Bradley, uh, just because of the pro- protocols and the way we communicate. It's it's very simple. Now with the next generation controls that have just come out, we've made a couple of upgrades to where the the optics are auto calibrating. So like we talked about cleaning them earlier, there's not the need to do that uh, nowhere near as much now. But with the the drives. Another one of the upgrades are that we can communicate with many more drives. But if you are, you know, call, you call Malink and say, what drives do you want to use? We're going to use either ABB or Allen Bradley, depending on your scenario. Okay. 
and it's typically one drive for, mo- for, for motor. Is that what we're, you know? Yeah, there are, yes. In standard application, you got one drive per motor. There are applications where you actually will see a, um, you know, it's basically one shaft through two fans. You know, there's some, there's right. some different types of setups out there that will have, you know, more than, um, more than one motor on a drive type thing. Now, I guess if you had a system that had a VFD drive already, I mean, obviously, you're gearing towards that constant volume market. But if there was a, a drive on it already, uh, you'd rather just, you know, bypass that drive, take it out of service, or can you link up to it, or what, what do you do? It, depending on what type of drive it is, if there's already a drive on it, more than likely we're going to try to communicate with it. We're not going to try to add cost to the customer um, unneed, un- unneedlessly. But if... Uh, you know, most of the time we are just adding some of our components to the drive, some wiring harnesses and other things, and changing the parameters, and we start communicating with it the same way we would with the ones that we supply. All right. Anything that we hadn't covered, haven't covered already? Can't think of anything, Matt. <laughs> I think we covered a, a, a wide range of it. Um, I'd like to, you know, if, again, I'm Jason Taylor. If you need any information from the website, you know, just just uh, ask for me direct and I'll be more than happy to help in any way I can. All right, great. Thanks. Thanks for Jason. Appreciate it. All right, from the floor of the AHR Expo here in New York City, uh, this is HVAC 360. All right, and we're back. All right, thanks to uh, Jason Taylor from Meeling to uh, to, for giving us that tour of the Meeling system. It's, uh, it's, it's, you know, again, it's one of those things that's really, really it's fascinating. It, it's energy savings. It's um, one of those things that kind of slips through the cracks. So I, I like their solution uh, that they bring to the, the forefront. It kind of simplifies things, makes things kind of automatic, uh, and uh, you know takes you know takes the energy savings and and you know makes it more attainable for people. So I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Hope you learned a few things. Uh, again, thanks for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you. I'm trying to put these out. Uh, you know, on a regular basis. But truth be told, it's going to be uh, hit or miss here for the next couple of months. But I appreciate you, and I will try to feed you nuggets. I have a couple more that I just want to have some some wrap-ups of the HR Expo that I might uh, pass on to you and some of the people that I talk to there. So for now, uh, if you like the episode, please pass it on. Uh, that's really the best thing you can do for me. If you have a comment, you can shoot me an email at matt at buildingx.co, or you can uh, put in the comments uh, of the show over at buildingx.co. That's the website where I host the HVAC 360 podcasts. Uh, Again, email me, Twitter me, uh, buildingx, and LinkedIn, Matt Nelson PE. Uh, You can um, befriend me there, Um, you know, link to me there. I always love to connect with listeners all right so that's it for this week Uh, if you have any comments shoot them that way i gave you the the contact information Uh, and remember always know what you build and share what you know